What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 230 of the Mass Breakdown Podcast. We are coming to you after a fairly long break, probably one of the longest breaks we've taken in a while. We were off last week. Uh, Kit Ketcha was on a wonderful vacation. He was posting drinks that looked very delicious. It was my birthday, so I uh, maybe went a little bit too hard on the drinks on the weekend, but it was a good time for everyone. Good times were had, and we had a lot of episodes in the back catalog that I'm sure some of you guys uh, partook in. Uh, but we are back in an Iron Banner week, but a trial-less week. We've actually had a a couple of trials experiments that have gone off since the last time we posted an episode. So we're going to talk about that, and then we're going to break down the the new Iron Banner weapons for you, the Forge's Pledge Adaptive Pulse Rifle and the Peace Bond uh, Burst Sidearm. Uh, but first, let's go ahead and get the introduction out of the way. As always, I'm your host, Mercules, joined tonight by Kit Kutcha. How are you doing this evening, Kit? Uh, you know, Mercules, I, I cannot complain. I had a very long, very nice vacation, and uh, the struggle to get back into the groove is real. But it's almost the end of the week, so I think I'm going to make it. Uh, how about you? Oh, I'm glad to hear that. Uh, all the pictures you were posting on your vacation and the, and the food you were partaking in, food and drink you were partaking in, made everyone on the Spicy Bruce channel very jealous. Um, and uh, I did not go anywhere fun. I just stayed in, stayed in Florida and stayed in Jacksonville and just kind of hung out and had some drinks and spent time with friends and celebrated the, the lamest of birthdays, 31, right, after the big 3 It's just... <laughs> not a ton of fun but uh played a little bit of golf and played a lot of destiny uh actually didn't get to play any destiny all last weekend until monday and then i played a butt ton of trials on monday there you go uh, yeah and uh and i've been playing a good bit of trials this week too uh you know i love iron banner ever since the changes to matchmaking i just absolutely love iron banner so i've been getting a good bit of destiny and that's always a, that's always a good feeling well i i didn't say it while i was gone but a belated happy birthday well thank you um you know, 31, I, I remember it fondly. <laughs> it wasn't that long ago for you. Come on. <laughs> no, not that long well, ago. It all it yeah. always seems longer ago than it actually was. Um, Yeah, so it's... Uh, I was a little sad just about the timing that I missed this past weekend of trials because I, I really wanted to be able to play... And uh, I'm glad to hear it sounds like they're going to bring it back at some point in the future for another go. So I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully it will not also be a weekend that I'm unable to play. Well, they did say it wasn't going to be probably until like December when they were bringing it back for, for another one. But uh, it was fun. I mean, I guess we should get the uh, the housekeeping out of the way before we dive into that trials discussion because we absolutely do want to have that. Uh, the last time we talked about trials on this podcast, there was... There was a lot of salt, and uh, and I feel like some of the salt was warranted, and some of it was overblown. So uh, we'll discuss how it went. But yeah, do we have uh, do we have any patron news? Uh, yeah, so we do have some thank yous to dish out. Uh, let's start with some new patrons joining the crew. Uh, we'll just go in order of uh, join date here. So big thank yous to the following: Chuck the Slice joining us. Thank you so much. We've got Bearded Savage, which is an excellent name, and we very much appreciate your support. We've got Zach coming in as well. Thank you so much. And last, but definitely not least, we have Solern. Thank you so much for your pledge. Uh, so that is our that is our new patron train for this week, um, and I guess technically for last week too. It's kind of a kind of a combination. So thank you to all of them, and uh, we've also got another group of patrons that we need to thank, and this, so this, this group is getting 
bigger and bigger, and it is just blowing me away every time it does. Um, so we we called this level the nine, and we capped it at nine maximum guardians that uh, that could pledge at it. Um, honestly, did not expect to have one guardian pledge at it, um, and uh, so now we have well. Now we have nine, which is pretty nuts, to be honest with you. So let's read them off. These are the sponsor guardians. So not only are they patrons pledging their support to the podcast, they go above and beyond and pledge a, well, massive level of support, um, which we honor with some special recognition. So in, in no particular order here, Big, massive shout-outs to our sponsors, ZenzoCal, The Shazzle, Conquer King 420, Deacon, Blackhammer Tech, Askian Monk, A Solitary Bird, Binary Wolf, and the ninth sponsor guardian, Brand new to this month, big shout out and welcome to Starscream S13. Uh, I hinted that uh, that we were going to be saying saying that name again, and here it is. So there you have it. If you see these guardians uh, flared with that special bright orange flare, uh, make sure to give them a shout out and a thanks in the Discord. If you see any of our patrons flared with that special golden yellow flare please be sure to give them a special shout-out and thank you in the Discord. Let them know that you appreciate um, what they do because what they do is they give us the funds to keep the entire back catalog of Destiny Massive Breakdowns available online in it, you know the foreseeable future. I'd like to say perpetuity. I, that might be an overreach, you know, a thousand years from now, I don't know, but uh, but for a long time, for sure. They also give us this delicious, smooth, clean sound that you hear. The sound free of background noise and crackles and uh, cats. That is that is thank you to the generosity of our patrons and sponsors. So thank them as we thank them right now um, because they make it happen and it's awesome. That's all I've got. Although that buttery smooth sound that you used to may be slightly worse on my end this time because uh, I downloaded something called Logitech G-Hub, which Blue Voice kept prompting me to download to control the sound on my Yeti microphone. And it installed firmware onto my microphone, which means I can no longer use the Blue Voice that had all my presets on it. So I got an unpleasant surprise earlier today uh, when I tried to pull those up and couldn't and then had to go rebuild everything from scratch in G-Hub, which is uh, a little bit more complicated. And so I'm not entirely sure that I got back to the place where I like to be, but hopefully it is good enough. Uh, hopefully it sounds passable to you guys. And uh, speaking of people we like to thank, um, we do have a couple of podcast reviews as well. Uh, we have, let me, oh, well, apparently my uh, Google Chrome has crashed. So isn't that fantastic? Let me go ahead and re-pull those back up again. All right, we have the first one uh, from Big Pogger. He says, the show that keeps on giving five stars 
Uh, the review is a little late, but the previous two episodes came in extremely clutch. I was playing Trial Solo all weekend long, and thanks to you guys, I knew what weapons and weapon perks to get. I actually got a rapid hit and kill clip messenger, and oh man, does it kill. I just want to say thanks for the help. Keep doing what you're doing. And those Star Wars versions are pretty crisp, he says. So thank you very much, uh, Big Pogger, for that uh, that fantastic review. Love I'm it. glad that we were able to help you out. We knew that uh, going away for two weeks, we knew we needed to get a trials breakdown out because that was what everybody is going to be focusing on for this two weeks. So I'm glad we were able to do it. Uh, even for those of you who who skipped that first episode because of all the salt, I think the sep- second episode was a real winner. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We had to cover those weapons um, and it was a lot of fun. And hopefully the discussion uh, was helpful, not just to, to Big Pogger, but to everybody who tuned in. So that's awesome. And the next one is Best Destiny Podcast from Xbob LV. Xbob LV. Is that Xbob? What is LV? 55? Is that in Roman numerals? I don't actually know that I'm that's a, I'm a little it rusty. Might be <laughs> it might be Xbob Las Vegas. But uh, he says, love the detailed analysis of the weapons and the mods. They have made me rethink so many guns and perks when Bungie devs are on the show. These guys get so much more from them than other shows. They are safe listened to at work. Most of the time, that may have been a little a little premature given the last episode. But uh, if you're a Destiny fan, check this podcast out. Warlock for Life, he says, a bold closer. Going with the Warlock for Life. Uh, I, I will say, Warlocks are in a pretty good place right now. The, the stag and, and bottom tree uh, bottom tree Stormcaller. So. Yeah, yeah. I am, I'm definitely feeling that. Um, I'll respect it. I'll respect it. And I, I hugely appreciate the review as well. I say this uh this last week of trials I had one of the best trials experiences I've ever had and it was because I was playing with a warlock and uh they helped me out a ton and I I was I was talking to him last night when we played some iron banner and I was saying like I don't know that I can tell people about what we're doing because I feel like it's like too much like I'm actually legitimately concerned that if people were to start doing it it would be very bad for the crucible because I can't imagine anyone that played against us uh the amount that I got bagged is more than I've ever gotten bagged using Bastion, more than I've ever gotten bagged using fusion rifles. Like it was, it was legitimately something. Um, <laughs> but I had a fantastic trials experience. And, uh, and, and so the changes that we were upset about two weeks ago, um, they ended up kind of not, not putting it in a place where I think it's good to just ignore it forever, but they, they came up with like a little happy medium, right? So previously it was Friday afternoon, basically just a few hours after trials had started. They immediately activated the flawless pool stuck all the flawless players in it and it had a relatively similar effect to what we thought it was going to have um it increased the amount of people who went flawless from the middle tier of players uh it dramatically decreased the amount of times people went flawless after they got flawless once and it cut back on the games played after flawless by a substantial amount um my experience was i i played saturday got flawless gone to the flawless pool had an awful experience, forced myself to play about eight games for science. And I was actually like live, you know, commentating it in the discord while it was happening. And I was like, this is freaking miserable, dude. Like I would have quit already if I wasn't trying to force myself to get a substantial amount of like games played for science, gave up on it, came back in Monday was a little bit better experience Monday. Um, but still just like kind of lacked the motivation to keep playing and bounced out. So the first week I played 50 games, the second week I played 35 and I, you know, got to be honest that probably the last, oh, I don't know, 15 of those at least were like making myself play it so that I could get a 
good understanding of how the flawless pool was going to feel. And admittedly, it did feel a little bit better Monday. Um, but grinding at seven wins was was still rough. Uh, so originally, like I played a few games at seven wins and I reset my card. Even at one win on Saturday, I was like just getting hammered. And then on Monday, I got to about five wins before I started running into stacks. And then it was just stacks from five wins up through seven, and then I was done. Um, but this most recent week, they actually did a couple things. They they moved the flawless pool back to open on Sunday so that Sunday and Monday it was active, but Friday and Saturday it wasn't. And they also um, they also gave us control trials, control elimination, which man was like two changes that I was really really in favor of. Um, and I'm not sure how much you heard on on Twitter and stuff of people complaining about it, but I actually really liked control trials like a lot. So I I definitely saw um, some uh, some people complaining about the spawn points being unfair. Um, mostly that actually that that was the large. Um, and then I I know there was some kind of inadvertent uh, issue with the the flawless pool that Bungie talked about in the most recent twa, but we we can address that maybe later, but. Yeah, largely it sounded like just, uh, you know, they, they went with the pre-existing control points. Um, and I mean, they talked about this in the 12. They did it so that they could get it out and see how it worked. And um, it was unfair uh, to some extent because, I mean, the control points are real easy for whatever team spawns on that side to get to. Uh, so that makes a lot of sense. Um I'm looking forward to seeing a potentially more balanced version uh, down the road. But I'm a little sad that I missed out because uh, just having something different going on in Trials sounds exciting. So It was it was the most fun I've had in Trials. And probably since Trials of the Nine. Um, and the only reason Trials of the Nine was even fun is because I had a really active Trials clan at the time. Uh, back in the day and I played a lot with my friends so I had a good time but I didn't actually enjoy it that much right like I had a good time because of the people I was playing with right um I legitimately like really enjoyed this weekend now granted a, you know a couple of ex- possible explanations for this one is that I didn't play the entire weekend not by choice actually because I was doing stuff for birthday until Monday so by that point in time like a significant amount of super tryhards were out of that pool however I will say I did experience a lot of very good players in the pool And I think what people did is they were like, well, this week I'm just going to like people who like are good, but don't care about grinding trials out. were like, I'm just going to wait till Monday and get my flawless. I think that's what happened because I played some some very good players who had not yet been flawless that week. But the thing is, a lot of them were solos or duos. It wasn't like stacked three mans that we played. It was just like good players playing by themselves or playing. Um, Regardless of all that, I I understand what they're saying about the control points being like too much uh my whole thing is that the best way i feel like i can describe it is like the ac uh flip between the control points for winners and losers is a bit much um we played one team that had a really really good strategy whenever they were defending and it was pretty much impossible to win around when they were defending which i will admit did not make it a ton of fun and so i feel like a lot of the people who played early in the weekend and played against very good teams um the advantage when you're defending as a good team is really really high 
Um, but what I liked about it as a solo player is that I felt like every round was a little bit different. Like first round was a neutral assault. And then the second round, you know, if we won was we were at a disadvantage and they were defending and we were attacking. And I liked that. I, I felt like it led to some really cool strategies to have like three different sets of strategies that you could do. Because then if we lost round, then we were defending. Right. And it was like each right. round was an entirely different strategy. Now, again, solo player in the pool Monday wasn't playing stacks, pretty much didn't play any stacks the entire time. So it was a lot of solos and duos and stuff like that. But I felt like the strategy changes in between rounds, it kept it so fresh. I played 30 games just Monday. And it was a ton of fun. Played with played by myself, played with a couple of different friends, finally went flawless at the end of the day. Um, playing with with uh, Draw Breath, who some of you guys may know, uh, finally went flawless doing that, which I was actually kind of surprised about. Um, really, really absolutely loved it. I think that probably the idea of the spawn moving, uh, I think that that's a necessity. I think it would have been super, super boring if it was just the same center spawn every time. And Bungie uh, believes the same thing because they said in playtesting it felt very stale. Um, I think they could even do an advantage and a disadvantage for winning and losing but it just shouldn't be in the opponent's spawn. Like, that's too much. It should still yeah. be somewhere close to mid, but maybe to one side or the other just a little bit. I think that'd probably be fine. I loved, loved the changeup of attack, defend, neutral clash. The way the it counted the, the flag flip was kind of weird because, like, even if you lost a round, but now you guys were tied score-wise total, like two rounds to two rounds, it would put it in the center. But if you were winning and you lost a round, it would put it in your side. And it was like, okay, well, that's kind of weird because like there legitimately be some times where we'd be up 4-0 or like 4-1 and we'd be like, well, it doesn't matter if we lose this round because then we just get the flag on our side and we can easily defend it. And it's like, that's kind of a weird, that's like the same thing of like hitting six wins and being like, should I throw my seventh game so I don't go flawless? It's like that type of thing where like, I don't think that's what you want in trials. I don't yeah. think you want players to be thinking that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it sounds like there's there's some fine tuning that they have to do for sure. Um, but all in all, it, it, I mean, it sounded like a fun mix up um, of the uh, of the activity, and uh, you're just you're just really making me that much more sad that it had to be this past weekend. Uh, more fun than I've ever had an elimination. I have never liked the elimination game mode because the focus is so heavily on the first pick. And I know that some solos were like, Trials has gotten worse for me because it wasn't elimination. I felt like it was better for me because I could play the objective and kind of let my Randys like go off and do their own thing. I think the thing is a lot of people like counted on the Randys to play the objective and like they want to go slay out. And I was like, I can't count on my Randys to do shit. So I'm going to play the objective and they can go try to slay out or at the very least, like if they can occupy the enemy for enough time, I might be able to get one pick to give them an advantage, or I might be able to capture the zone while they're like occupying the, yeah. the enemy. And it actually worked out that way pretty, pretty well. Um, I was able to do some crazy flanks because of people's like intense focus on the capture zone. Sometimes where like, especially like you'd have these teams defending and they'd be like laning so hard that they wouldn't even like think about these with really unorthodox places that you could come up. Um, and we got some super easy team wipes on teams defending because they get like locked into this mind point of like, oh, this is what's going to happen this round. Like we're defending, we have the advantage. You know, they get a little bit cocky and then they just are like wildly off balance. So 
it was just like I I legitimately couldn't I came into it with such a negative mindset because Twitter was just like tearing it up and I was like ah this is gonna suck like it's gonna suck every time like we every time the other team loses around it's just gonna go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and it like didn't and it was it was just a breath of fresh air I really hope that the one in December comes back with some changes and even if they brought it in like okay this is a once once a month special event like it'll be elimination the other two weeks and then we're gonna do zone elimination. I would be like, this is, this is great. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm all about variety and play modes in the crucible. It's one of the things that I think has been lacking in the crucible for most of destiny two's existence. Um, it's something that I think, I just think that destiny one did a lot better. Um, and, uh, even destiny one, honestly, I wanted more variety in the game modes. Uh, so We'll see. I'm I'm glad to see it going to trials because it makes trials much more appealing to me, especially in conjunction with the solo queue playlist and and the other changes. Um, most of the other changes that they've made, um, you know, at the very least, trials is now something that when I'm not, you know, a thousand miles from home, uh, I'm gonna make time to dip my toes in, at the very least, even if I don't go flawless. So, yeah, sounds like it was a good weekend. Um, do we want to go ahead and, and dig into the TWAB and what Bungie had to say about how they felt it went? Yeah, I mean, they said that the, I mean, the move to shifting it to a Monday, uh, or sorry, to a Sunday flawless pool, uh, they said the amount of time that average players spend in trials has gone up immensely by like one and a half to two hours. And the amount of time that high-end players have spent in the playlist is is negligibly decreased um which is good because of course that's what you want right like whatever's best for the playlist is what keeps the most people playing yep um even if it kind of punishes the high-end players that just is what it is right my whole fear with the flawless pool initially was that it would not keep more players playing is that it would force skill creep and get players out of the playlist after a short number of games which we did see uh to a little bit last week but it doesn't seem like this week, uh, it doesn't seem like it had any further negative effects. So at the very least, it was equal to last week. Um, and I think that they're probably okay with that because I'm, I'm pretty certain that what they saw was week one, like Sunday, Monday, the was just like bleeding low skill players and like average players. <laughs> like the playlist was probably just absolutely nothing and something did need to be done i don't think it was flawless but they admitted in, in last week's swap they said look we're gonna we're gonna look into it like we would love to make changes in the future that will allow us to eliminate the flawless pool which i think is the best thing that we can ask for and the best thing that we can hope for yeah yeah i would agree um i am you know i guess i you know i guess here's how i feel about it uh it more or less worked out um I, th I think the way that we talked about how it was going to work out, that people would get their flawless and by and large wouldn't stick around after that. Then moving it to Sunday, the data that they've shown sounds like more people spent more time. Um, certainly, again, just one more thing making me sad that I, I had to miss this weekend, but uh, I had a great time on my vacation, so I'm not sad that I went. I'm just... Sad that they had to happen at the same time. Uh, so it is uh, It is what it is. I'm still bummed about it. 
I can't stop. I can't stop being bummed about it. But you had a fun uh, time, though, so it was worth it. it I did. I did. Um, so, yeah. So I'm, I'm glad to see that they were able to do that because, you know, I'm I'm somewhere in that that mushy middle, especially in trials. That is not a playlist I spend a lot of time in. I I am far from a master of that game mode. While I'm a pretty competent PvP player, uh, it's just, it's not my forte. And so I know when I go flawless that if I'm stuck in a pool with only other people who've gone flawless, uh, my contribution will be no different than someone who is half as good as me or a fourth as good as me. We will all get the same number of kills. It will be zero. Uh, And that's, you know, that's when I get out. And so I'm glad to see that they've given some more time. That makes me super happy. And I'm really happy that it worked. People spent people spent that extra time playing. I'm very happy to play Friday, Saturday, and ditch out on Sunday if I've gone flawless. Or do it the other way around, right? And like, yeah. don't play fl- Friday, Saturday, and then play Sunday, Monday, and get flawless a little bit easier, and then dip out. Like that's really what it's come down to for me. Is like I had to change the way I looked at playing trials to enjoy myself more in this new and this new flawless pool world. So it used to be like the first thing I wanted to do was get flawless in trials. And then I would spend the rest of the weekend playing however I wanted and not caring about getting flawless. Now I spend the first part of the weekend not caring about getting flawless. And I just wait until later in the weekend. And then I try to get flawless, which to me seems just a little bit backwards. And I don't necessarily like that because like what ends up happening is like if by some stretch of the imagination I go flawless Friday or Saturday then I like don't want to play again until, you know, now it's now it's less bad, right? Because if I go follow Friday, well, then I can just keep playing until, you know, I can keep playing through Saturday and Sunday when it turns on the flawless pool should be significantly more full of players of numerous skill levels than it necessarily would be had they, you know, turned it on earlier. So it's not it's not as bad, but the way I pretty much look at it now is like, okay, well, I'm just going to wait and, you know, I'll probably enjoy myself playing more. And like, cause you know, if I'm, I, I, if I'm going solo, like mm, maybe I might get flawless if I get pretty lucky with my teammates or like I play really lights out, you know, the first weekend when the flawless pool, I went solo Saturday on, in the non-flawless pool with a card of ferocity. Like I accidentally picked the wrong card up and I thought I had a card of mercy and then ended up getting six wins and got flawless. And I was like, Oh, I don't know how that happened. But the chances of that happening is I feel like it's like pretty slim. Yeah. Um, so it may just be that like I just play solo the whole weekend until Monday and like then I try. But that sucks because like some of my friends go flawless like day one right away. And like I don't really want to play with them <laughs> on Sunday when like, yeah, it's like that kind of thing. Like the the issues that existed in the flawless pool still exist. They're just not magnified because it doesn't happen like three hours after reset. It happens two days afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it still feels weird that there is a separate pool and that if if you're playing with someone who's in that pool, you're in that pool, whether you belong there or not. Um, but uh, 
I think at this point we just have to accept that it is what it is and try to make the best of it, like you said. For now, um, for now at least. And and the best of it uh, really is grind out those round wins and uh, then get your flawless when it makes sense for you, right? So I got to say my experience has been that if they were to ever do something, which they're not going to, they talked about it in the twa, but if they were to ever do something that would prioritize matching solos versus other solos or versus duos, um, that I think would alleviate a significant portion of the issues that they're having. But they pretty much said in last week's TWAB that like they need solos to be fed to like lower skilled three mans in order to get like in order to promote playing in a fire team, you know. And it's like, well, that's kind of shitty because, boy, I mean, you're basically voluntarily, which they said, you're basically like sacrificing solos whose experience could be better uh, in order to prop up like not as great three mans and give them some wins. And it's like, okay. Well, I understand your thought process there because, like, if you were to actually prioritize three mans to face each other, like, bad three mans would just get fucking decimated, like, all day. And they would never win a game because they'd only face. And it's like, okay, I understand where you're coming from, but, like, it doesn't have to be that black or white. Like, you, maybe you can have, like, bad three mans face duos in a solo or something like that. Uh, you know, I, I feel like there's, I feel like there's a, a gradient that you could use. Where it's not just like we switch from sacrificing solos to sacrificing bad fire teams because they've said before like they want you to play in a fire team. They you can do stuff solo, but they want you to play in a fire team. Destiny is a game best played with friends. Yeah. So you know it's but definitely like it's it's rough playing a three man when you're solo. It's really not fun. I will say though, I I volunteer as tribute. Um, so I and it it is. It is at times a grind, um, but that's one of the things that I really like about the the round the focus on winning rounds that they've made. Um, so, like two weekends ago, I was playing on a Sunday afternoon, and apparently, so was everyone else who really wanted to go flawless really badly and hadn't yet. Um, and I played like five three stacks in a row, and they just wrecked me all day but i was able to get some wins uh just of individual rounds um and i was able to you know just keep getting uh bounties done and picking up uh trials reputation and so it was not a waste of my time my time would have been better spent perhaps in a fire team or or something arguably Um, but you know, it was like I had an hour or so and I was going to have to leave and I didn't know when. And so I was just like, ah, I'm just going to jump in and I'm not going to say anything to anybody. And I'm just going to play solo until I have to go and then I'm going to go. Uh, and so, you know, it, it, that, that's the thing that I like about what they've done here with the solo playlist. If I have an hour randomly and I just want to jump in, I can just play some games. And I don't have to plan. I don't have to wait for a fire team. I can just do it. Um, and because round wins count and bounties count um, and all that, I can just play. Uh, and so it's it's really those those things are what make the experience good in trials right now for me. Oh yeah, um, is that the rewards are available? And I know not everyone's motivated by getting good rewards, but I feel like. 
that for me is the biggest draw to trials. I don't care about the prestige of getting flawless every week. Like that is literally meaningless. Um, and so like, that's, that's what it's about. It's like, I, I can get, I can get some good weapons that I'll use elsewhere and, uh, I can do it without having to like go full tilt and recruiting people who are much better than me. And it's just so much less stress, so much less stress. The ability to allow people to play solo was, is huge. I mean, it's the biggest increase in enjoyment. Cause like for me personally, like I don't even really care about the rewards that much. Like I play PVP to enjoy myself and you know, the way I enjoy myself differs depending on what playlist I am, right? And like in trials, I enjoy myself by uh, challenging myself to win in a situation where I feel like I shouldn't win, which is as a solo player. Um, and I really enjoy that challenge and it's really fun. And so even, and this is kind of where I had to take the step back last weekend, not, not control point weekend, but the weekend before. And it was like, even if the flawless pool is horrible, which it was pretty not fun. Um, it is still better than <laughs> trials was prior to this season because the flawless pool pretty much just feels like the way trials felt prior to this season like that's pretty much the way it felt like it's all players who can go flawless and that's the only people playing um but i was able to play solo i didn't have to get a fire team and the reward system is better yeah so i was like well like even if they had come in week one and been like hey this is the way we're doing it i still would have been like well still an improvement over what it was last week so that's kind of the way i looked at it and that allowed me to like change the way I looked at trials as a whole. And now, you know, I'm enjoying it significantly more. Um, but the ability to play solo cannot be overstated how much that has contributed to my enjoyment because I can just go in, I'll go in without a mic and I'll just like hop in for like two or three games of trials. Yeah. And just like challenge myself and enjoy myself. And oh my God, it's fantastic comparatively. Um, I, I hope that they continue to iterate and continue to build on this and make trials into something that, the, the population as a whole, there's something in there for everyone. That's what it should be, right? Whether for you, it's rewards. Whether for people who want to go flawless, there's that. For me, who just wants to challenge themselves, I have that. Like, it's it's uh, it's definitely it's definitely a lot better than it was before. And I guess we kind of have to keep that perspective even when the salt starts flowing. Yeah, yep, absolutely. Um, so in, I, I don't think I have anything else to add about trials at this no, point. No. We've, We've really talked that subject to death. I do want to say, um, I was uh, I was really really happy to see the uh, the accessibility blog that they posted. I thought that was super cool, um, and uh, it sounds like they're they're doing some fun stuff with enabling auto fire toggles on various weapons, which is something that. A is going to help people who have, you know, maybe hand pain, uh, injuries, other uh, issues uh, that maybe make it difficult for them to use those weapons. And B, the rest of us also get to reap the benefits. Um, you know, uh, I am I'm all about turning on auto fire on very fast firing weapons just by default. I think that's fantastic. And I am, uh, yeah. I'm just, I'm really happy to see Bungie 
making a, a huge effort to really think about how they're designing these games to include everyone who wants to play. Because um, it just makes the community bigger and friendlier. And yeah, I love to see it. So just wanted to shout that out. If you haven't read that post, I recommend checking it out. Did you did you bring up the full auto thing to Chris? Was that something that I totally that, did? I totally called yeah, it. Uh, I was gonna say, yeah, I, th- I thought I'd uh, I thought I remembered you mentioned something. He about said that. he said nothing. He gave me absolutely nothing, but I uh, totally called it. Um, <clears throat> clearly, I am uh, I am psychic. That is all. I mean, it was something that you know we, we used to talk in D one. It was like the the rapid fire scout rifles were like problem with them is that they're useless without full auto because they're like right on the cusp of like it's hard for you to pull the trigger at max rate of fire manually yeah. for any extended period of time consistently and then in d2 they just gave them full auto by default yeah right so it's like it, this is clearly just a continuation of that um and you know firing gun as fast as you can is 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 really not not that big of a skill gap it's not really like a skill gap at all um, it's just really difficult for some people to do physically. Like the hard part is supposed to be aiming. So it's like, who cares if you can fire the gun as fast as you can? Like, yeah, you know, I, for one, am, am definitely in favor of that. But, um, I think we can probably talk about the, uh, the iron banner weapons now. Um, cause this is the second iron banner of the season and we haven't even broken these guns down yet. And they're new. Yeah. Uh, they're new and, uh, people are liking them. Uh, and I'm, I'm a, a particularly big fan of one of them, but we're probably not going to talk about that one first. Uh, now we're going to talk about the pulse rifle first, yes. which I'm yep. guessing is the one you're not a particularly big fan. Of. I am not. Uh, you know, I think this is a gun that I would have liked in previous seasons and that and I will know what probably like in future seasons. It's a gun of a bygone era. Oh, snap. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, people who've been around long enough know that during like the Taken King era, Bygones was by far my favorite pulse rifle. Uh, but that was a very different PvP meta. Um, yeah. That was a much, no, I shouldn't say much lower, but that was a slower PvP meta. Primary weapons were just flat out pretty much across the board worse back then than they are now. And Bygones with its 0.93 second time to kill, but a very forgiving five crits and two bodies to do it. And a super, super, super good ability to, with basically any damage buff at all, just massively drop the time to kill. Um, Let me actually take a look because I feel like I've got this up right now. So with Rampage, it drops the TTK from 0.93 down to, I wish the chart would update, uh, 0.6 seconds, right? And that's with five crits in one body. Uh, And that's just with Rampage. That's not with like Kill Clip or Multi-Kill Clip or anything like that, which just makes it even easier to hit those. That's a super fast DTK. Um, so they were really great weapons for a period of time. Uh, they were, I thought, the best pulse rifles until the aggressive, the four burst pulses, uh, kind of came out. Um, but then everything else kind of just like surpassed them. High impacts got a buff and surpassed them. Hand cannons obviously were always better than them, but then 120s got a buff and were just like massively better than them. DMT came out and was better than it. Like just a Vex Mythoclass comes out now and it's way better than it. Like just a bunch of stuff got better than it. And I don't really feel like the, uh, I don't feel like the adaptives can still stack up in this meta anymore. You know, I, I'm, I'm sad to say it because I really enjoy the way that the adaptive pulse rifles feel when I use them. 
Um, and I like to use them sometimes in PVE just for that reason, even when they're not the optimal choice, just because they feel good. Um, and if there's, you know, if there's a choice, if I just need, say, a solar burn, uh, pretty good odds. I'll, I'll just pick my Forge's Pledge because it probably hits hard enough and it feels good, even if there's maybe a better choice. Um, and so that that's what I've always loved about them. And when they happen to be effective, time to kill wise in the crucible, it's just icing on the cake for me. Because when a gun feels good and also is objectively good, you're going to do well with it. Um, sadly, that's not the case anymore. Uh, they are either outflinched or just just outshot. Um, by too many other weapons right now, uh, whether close up or far away, they're, they're just, they're in that zone where they can't quite compete. And, uh, now it's not to say you can't still do well with them, but it's going to be down to your skill and positioning and map awareness and not down to the weapon. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people want to make the comparison of Forge's Pledge to Bygones, including myself, who just did that earlier. Yeah, uh, <laughs> earlier, like two minutes ago. But statistically, it just like doesn't really stack up at all. It's like statistically pretty much worse than Bygones and everything. If you actually want an energy slot Bygones, you should be going for the third Axiom, which is the Strike Pulse Rifle, which is the same archetype and is actually statistically better than Bygones. And like, that's actually the one you want. Like the third axiom is just like better across the board compared to Forge's Pledge. It's the best one. Yeah. Yeah. If you want an adaptive pulse, that's the one to get. And have we, have we done a breakdown of that? I actually don't know that we have. I think we avoid the Vanguard weapons pretty hard. Maybe we should do a <laughs> breakdown of that. Uh, yeah. We've, we've not done the strikes weapons uh, for a little while. We're going to have to play some catch up on those. Yeah, we can. Well, there's probably enough of them now that because we did the nightfall weapons, but there's yes. probably enough of the strike weapons now that we could do all the strike weapons uh, like next week or something. That, that, that might be a good thing because I feel like the third axiom is a good one to talk about if you really do. It's like it's but a anyways, long season. We're going to get a lot of these breakdowns knocked out. Oh, yeah, uh, let's talk stats. So the range is quite bad uh, for a pulse rifle and for an adaptive. Uh, it has 44 range. The third axiom has 54 uh, stability is okay. It's a little on the low side for an adaptive. It's at 57. The third axiom is at 60. Uh, handling is again on the low side. Actually, the lowest out of like any of the current adaptives is down to 45. Third axiom, 52. Uh, reload speed, 48. That's like middle of the road for an adaptive, but the third axiom is 51. The aim assist, there's only like, it's a pretty small window. It's between like 61 and 66. And uh, it's down 61, unfortunately. <laughs> and then really the, the real kicker here is the recoil direction. It's absolutely awful. It's fucking 51. That's my one F-bomb for the episode, by the way. But uh, it's 51, whereas the third axiom is a wonderful 74. Yeah. And, and then obviously the magazine size is 36. I have to say, having used Forge's Pledge, uh, <laughs> you can feel <laughs> that recoil direction. Uh, it's very noticeable that it kicks sideways. It's so bad that even getting like chambered comp doesn't help. Like you have to stack chambered comp with a counterbalance mod for it to like for it to get you to a place where you're like pretty good at it, which is really really rough. Um, and in fact, because it's 51, 
you're like even not super stoked with arrowhead break which you'd normally be really thrilled with because it gives you plus 30 because it takes you up to 81 which isn't close enough to five so you still have a little bit of like sideways play and it's just like ah it's such a bummer but um, i got one with arrowhead break and it does make a noticeable difference compared to one that doesn't and it does free up the mod slot for something else um but the mod slot you know it's it's just so so it's not like really it's not really like a ton of people are using like icarus grip on a pulse rifle um you know my preferred is targeting adjuster if i don't have to use a counterbalance and honestly like i felt like i would almost much rather take chambered comp and a counterbalance mod than i would arrowhead break and a targeting adjuster um but you know either one of those it's probably six of one half dozen of another really yeah yeah, uh, you know, ultimately, the main takeaway is that you need to improve the recoil direction um, because it's it's just very bad and it makes the gun hard to use, um, which is sad for for an adaptive pulse rifle. Which is really, I feel like the adaptives of any weapon are supposed to just be like easy to use. Like this is the base model; anyone can pick it up and shoot things with it uh and forges pledge i mean you can but you just you can't reliably hit crits because it just pulls uh that said it does have a lot of good perks but we'll, we'll get to those in a second uh in the magazine slot personally i want stability um if i can get it here um even if i've already got chambered compensator um i'd be happy to take flared magwell to stack a little extra reload speed I would not turn my nose up at steady rounds. Uh, this thing has a zoom of 1.7, which is pretty solid. Um, and uh, you're not, I think, going to miss those four points of range if you can add plus 13 stability in its place. Um, tactical mag, I think, would be fine as well. Um, those would probably be the three I would go with. And uh, I don't know that I would have a particular order in any of those three would be fine. Yeah, I mean, it'd probably depend on what your masterwork is, right, really. But, you know, steady rounds is fine. Steady rounds, I think, knocks off a half meter of range. It's still over 30. It's in the low 30s, even with nothing else boosting it. So even if you've got chambered comp and a stability masterwork, if you get steady rounds too, I mean, that's a lot of stability. Probably, yeah, 88 stability on a pulse rifle, I'll, I'll take it. Well, and you have to think like no matter how much range you put in, you're not going to kill as far away as a messenger does and yeah. you're not going to kill as fast as a messenger does. Correct. So you might as well spec into the next best thing, which it also kind of sucks because like the messenger also has better base stability than <laughs> uh, than Forge's Pledge. So it's like, well, the messenger is really good. Yeah, uh, messenger is very good. I mean, I guess wondering. you could spec into handling and it could have the <laughs> fastest handling out of any of them, but it's like, well. Why bother? So yeah, I agree with you there. I definitely go recoil direction stability over pretty much anything else. Um, and then thankfully, Bungie made it kind of easy for us. Well, yes. I shouldn't say that. Speaking of recoil direction. Yeah, well, they uh, they made it kind of easy for us, right? And like the two perks that you really want in that first slot are depending on which damage boosting perk you get in the next slot. Either you want tunnel vision, multi-kill clip, or you want heating up rampage. Heating up especially is very very good on this gun because the recoil direction is so poor um, and it pairs perfectly with rampage now i would be remiss if i did not mention elemental capacitor for those people out there who are still using stasis which seems like there's a bunch of us uh, elemental capacitor uh gives plus 20 to recoil direction and gives a boost to movement speed when you're ads 
that is really, really good. It cannot be overstated how good that is for the neutral game. If you just want the gun to feel good and you are not lucky enough to get arrowhead break or something like that. Absolutely. Um, however, I don't think it's enough on its own. Like if you don't get another recoil direction perk in the barrel or you don't want to put a mod on it, I actually think even with plus 20, it's not enough. Like it get it gets it better, but 71 is still a pretty bad recoil direction. Yeah. Um, yeah, 71 is not great. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's a great, that's a great mention though. Elemental capacitor with a stasis, uh, subclass is awesome. Also take note if you main void, of course, elemental capacitor does give you a fat pile of stability, which feels pretty nice. And also you want to make sure that you're not stacking up too many stability perks or you will be wasting them, um, because they will be capped. Uh, also in the, uh, I guess the honorable mentions category for me would be iron grip which uh gives you a nice plus 18 stability while completely just demolishing your reload speed Um, but if you happen to be running some kind of exotic or class options say that make reload speed not a thing you care about pretty strong perk for making the gun uh easier to use Um, that said I, i mean heating up plus rampage I think is just tier one for this gun and tunnel vision multi kill clip uh, would be really fighting hard to take that spot. Very, very close in my mind. Um, but because of the terrible recoil direction um, and just because they both activate by themselves and immediately with no action from you, I would favor heating up rampage if I had to choose between the two. If I were so lucky, that would be my preference. Yeah, yeah. Um, just since I one stack of rampage already does good things for you. Yeah, um, and uh, then I, I gotta you, agree with that. If you get lucky with your other perks, you get maybe uh, a bunch of stability, and you're comfortable with your recoil direction sucking. Then you can go with uh, <clears throat> a rampage spec. To really lean super hard into that uh, that direction, so long as you can get through that first kill, you'll be in pretty good shape. Yeah, I mean, if kill clip was there, like full normal kill clip was there, um, I'd be I'd be like kill clip is the way to go because you can. I mean, kill clip is just like the yeah. gun is baby town easy to use with kill clip up. Like you can't help but two burst with kill clip up and it's really really nice um but because it's multi-kill clip it's a little bit less of an advantage yeah actually gotta agree with you that rampage is definitely the way to go don't have to reload if you do put a rampage spec on it it's just that much better um and i mean the gun gets really easy with a damage boost like that is the biggest benefit to an adaptive is that the teeny tiniest little damage boost the gun's just like super clean super smooth and that's also why the stability helps a lot yeah, too, because it's like you can actually outduel a messenger, not a messenger with Desperado, but you can actually outduel a messenger if you have a one stack of Rampage. Uh, if you have a one stack of Rampage, Forge's Pledge, which is in Iron Manor or in 6v6, like it's not unlikely that you have one stack of Rampage. And with heating up, it's going to feel just tremendous while you do it. So, what I would recommend long term is definitely, definitely, definitely grab a roll. You never know when the meta is going to shift and these things come to the forefront 
and the ability to have basically a max stability heating up rampage adaptive pulse rifle you really shouldn't pass that up like you yeah. really should grab one of those while you can even if it's not useful right now yeah it's uh it's absolutely a solid investment for the future um there will there will come a day when you'll pull it out of the vault and you'll be very glad to have it um well that i guess that's all i have for the forge's pledge pretty straightforward weapon yeah, it is. It's nice when you when you start with a nice easy gun like that. But then we've got Peace Bond up next. Peace Bond is an adaptive burst sidearm. Um, I feel like those are actually kind of <laughs> kind of prevalent. Like I feel like we always have like at least one of those hanging around. Yeah. Um, and for the longest time, they're not really popular in the meta. But I have always loved the adaptive burst pulse rifles. I I, I loved it back in the double primary days. Um, I really just have a ton of fun with it. Peace Bond is no exception. I haven't really gotten a good role. I haven't really gotten the role that I want yet. Um, but man, it feels like a baby crimson. And I know that there's like not actually really anything different about it. It's just like the model. Um, but the, the perks that you can get on this, um, feels like it just like handedly outranges every other sidearm in its, you know, in its class. But, uh, I don't know. I really like it. I think I think this is a really popular weapon right now as far as sidearms go. Yeah. It's uh it's just it's super easy to get a ridiculously good roll on Peace Bond. That's I think that's one of the things that I like best about it. It's actually hard to dismantle because you've almost always got good perks. And so many of the perks play nicely together that you just you, you really can't get mad at almost any role that you get on it. You know, I'm I'm rocking one. It's not anything special, but it's got 99 stability and it also has killing wind. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll play with that, sure. <laughs> I mean <laughs> uh, you know, so this this is a this is an archetype that with the right perks is super strong. Um, it's not my favorite archetype of sidearms, but right now, this is the sidearm that I am using the most. Um, and one of the things that I love about it is how quickly it can burst people down if they've been been like love tapped by anybody else. You know, or if you've primed them with a grenade, it's just a free kill. Um, this is a very strong weapon, and uh, if they if they give us the ability to toggle on full auto fire on uh, all sidearms, which I sort of hope that they do, um, because they all fire really fast, this weapon is going to be even better. So let's. Uh, Let's go to the numbers, though. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the adaptive pulse or the adaptive burst sidearms are like they're all really, really tight with one another. There's only like one. I know I was looking for one to, to say this is the best one in the class, but actually Peace Bond is right there. Yeah, they're they're all right next to each other, right? Like the range of range or the range of ranges <laughs> for the Omelon adaptives is between 36 and 41, right? So. And I think a plus five range on this sidearm is like, it's like a 
literally a quarter of a meter difference in terms of how much range it is. So they all have about a 15 meter range by default, 15 and a half meter range by default. Adding plus five, that's like, or they're all between 15 and 15 and a half, I think by default is where they're all at. So it's like, there's not a huge variation there. Uh, P-spawn is at the upper end, which is nice of 40. Last hope is actually the highest at 41. Um, stability again, like without, there's one outlier, which is the high albedo from Europa, which we don't talk about high albedo, but all the rest of them are Just between bad. like 81 and 86 in terms of stability. The last dance has 86. But the thing is, if you're over 80, you can pretty much max stability with two perks, which is really, really nice. Um, handling, they're between 55 and 57. This one has 55. Reload speed, they're between 35 and 39. This one has 36. Uh, aim assist, they're between 65 and 71. This one has 69. And then recoil direction, they're all between 92 and 99. And, and this one has 92, but it doesn't really matter because it's a sidearm and it's recoil direction and it's in the 90s. And then magazine size, they all have 27. This one actually has 30, I think. Um, unless that's just a bug in the API. I actually don't remember off the top of my head. But uh, So it's not really like it's a huge outlier stat-wise. It really is the perks that make this gun, uh, in my opinion, so sought after compared to some of the other adaptive sidearm, adaptive burst sidearms that have come out before it. Yeah, this is one where I I would like to keep like four or five different versions long term um, because there's just so much potential for different things to work really well together on this gun. Um, and honestly, with the with the base range and stability being where they are, you almost don't need to worry about what you get. Just avoid tanking either of them. Um, and almost any barrel will work if you can, if you can, you know, if you can pull either a stability or a range masterwork and then match that up with a barrel that does the other thing. Then I think that's the best of both worlds. But I, uh, you know, honestly, the only, the only barrel that I wouldn't want would be like arrowhead break or chambered compensator because you just absolutely do not need any recoil direction yeah now i will say that there are like two hardcore opposed schools of thought here um, i have seen people like cool guy especially who were like no stability all range all the time range 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 masterwork hammer forged rifling accurized rounds range finder iron reach that was this on pc yes Okay. Yes. But I will say that I'm de I definitely want to roll that has that. Right. I, I do want to try that out. I have not tried it myself, but after playing with Shire's Wrath with Max Range, I am curious. Right. And like so my whole thing is like at that point you're basically not going for the two burst. You're going for like the 0.73 second time to kill. So a lot of people don't actually know like these adaptive burst sidearms can actually two burst in like 0.5 seconds and you never see it because you have to hit all your crits to do so. And most of the time with these sidearms at 15 meters, like that's just not happening, right? Like you're not hitting six crits at 15 meters. So functionally, they don't really net that TTK. They have a much more common TTK of 0.73 seconds uh, with like eight shots combined, you know, crits and bodies and stuff like that. Um, 
So this is basically saying, take that 0.73 second TTK. That's what you're going for, which I think is super easy to get. I think it's like three bodies and or three crits and five bodies is what it takes to get it. So it's super easy. It's basically saying, take that and just try to get it as far away as you can. I think with maximum range on this gun, you can kill it almost 19 meters or you can get to 19 meters before damage drop off, which for a sidearm that's not Drang or that doesn't have some like weird zoom level, which is what Drang did, like that's unheard of for like any other sidearm. And the only reason you can do it is because you can get range finder and iron reach. And I think if you were to do that, your stability would be at like 54, right? Like you would, you would really be tanking the stability, but if you only need three crits and five bodies, that's fine. Right. So like, that's the one school of thought. And I got to admit, I think you'd re you'd really surprise someone killing them at almost 20 meters with a sidearm. Yeah, that's uh that's absolutely fair. Um, you know, and there's always something to be said for chasing damage perks um, and trying to use them to get, you know, the typically the second kill uh, that much faster. But I'm always a fan of winning the first gunfight um, and making that as easy to do as possible. And so I, I'm curious to see uh, how that feels. And I'm hoping that I get something close to that. Uh, that I could put it to the test. I mean, shoot, if you had if you had everything you wanted, a perfect roll, your range is 85. That's, I mean, that's insane on a sidearm. That's so high. Um, so it's absolutely possible. That said, I have played with this gun with max stability, and I will I will say that it if it has recoil or like aim assist degradation. I don't notice. Um, with uh, with 99 stability, I don't have any problems. My bullets go exactly where I point every single time, whether I'm in the air or not. There's Nicarus mod in there, of course, but um, so your mileage may vary uh, when you're going uh, a little more off book on the strategies like that. Um, Ultimately, you know, I think the barrel and the magazine are going to come down a little bit to what you get. What's really exciting about this gun are the trait columns, because they're both just full of excellent perks. So, uh, unless there's any anything you want to say about barrels and, and mags, um, I'm happy to just skip straight to the uh, the perk combinations. Um. I guess I just want to point out if you go the other train of thought and you want to max stability, um, you've pointed this out many times, but you're actually better off with like small bore steady rounds than you are with, uh, what is it? Then you are with polygonal rifling and like flared magwell or polygonal rifling and tactical mag. Um, and obviously you can do polygonal rifling and steady rounds and get all the way up to max. Uh, but I think with small bore and, and steady rounds, you're you're there too, aren't you? So it's like it, it doesn't even matter. You are. Yeah, you just want to watch out um, for your masterwork, right? If you get a stability masterwork, it's actually super easy to be like way overkill with the stability on this gun. You need very little stability um, to put you over the top. So this would be one case where... I'd probably prefer the range masterwork because your odds of getting 
enough stability are very high. Yeah, you have three stability mag perks and only one range mag perk. So, so that would be that would be ideal if you could pick up a range masterwork. And then honestly, if you get like small bore and flared magwell, you're at 92 stability, and that's good enough. Yeah, it doesn't need to be a hundred. If you do get steady rounds, it will be a hundred, and you'll still have 50 range. Um, and that's also awesome, right? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be upset about an extra eight points of stability, but uh, yeah, it's very, very easy to get there. So just make sure you look at what you have before you start, you know, putting materials into masterworking. Uh, make sure that you're not wasting them on a gun that actually has too much stability in its stability. Um, I think pretty much if you get any two stability perks, you're you're good. Yeah, you're um, solid. And if you get steady rounds, like you don't need another stability perk. You could take one. You could take corkscrew, or you could take small bore, or you could probably just go with hammerforge and and be totally fine. Like yeah. anything that gets you over ninety stability, like it. Trust me, it's nice to have a max stability sidearm. Like you you do notice it. But I would not be upset if I got to ninety or like ninety five and left it there, and everything else I had was range. Yep, absolutely. Um, but yeah, what what you were talking about in the in the trade slots, I mean, I I know for a fact that there is uh one role in particular that I want very very badly. And it is rangefinder because rangefinder is a monster in terms of increasing range. It's so good on this gun. And harmony. And the reason why I want harmony is because that 0.5 second TTK that I was talking about earlier that's almost impossible to hit. With Harmony, it is not. With Harmony, it is very, very easy to hit. So Harmony is a 20% damage buff. It means you can get a 5.5 second TTK with 4 crits and 2 bodies. And that is very doable, especially if you're 90 plus stability and you've got Rangefinder on. Yeah. It is very, very doable. Like, that is my baby right there. Is like Range Masterwork, Rangefinder, 1 to 2 stability perks, Harmony, like that's what I want for this gun because I want those 0.5 second TTKs and all I have to do is get a kill with another gun and then swap to it. And it lasts for like seven seconds. It's great. Yeah, it's uh Harmony is the perk that I want on this weapon. I honestly don't even care that much what else I get if I can just get a roll with Harmony. I have not yet, but I've got time this weekend. I'm going to try to make it happen. Um, if, if only I could target farm, but yeah, it's so strong. Uh, and like you said, range finder. So actual like points of range on sidearms do very, very little. Like you really do need a lot of points of range to get anywhere in terms of like noticeable extra distance, but range finder adds zoom and zoom is multiplicative and multiplying is much faster than adding as we all remember hopefully. Um, so rangefinder does make a really meaningful difference, not only in how far out your aim assist and your damage go, but it also is just one more thing reducing the effective recoil of the weapon down that much closer to actual zero. Um, and it, you know, it just it just is one more thing that makes the gun feel perfect. So that is probably my top perk 
uh, in the first column in harmony. I think probably my top in the second column as well. But literally like every perk <laughs> in those columns is uh, like not bad. Um, so in the first column, you've got tunnel vision, which as we all know is very effective, huge boosts to aim assist and accuracy, um, gives you a little extra handling as well. Doesn't pair with anything specifically well in the second column here. Um, but again, if you pick up tunnel vision and harmony, I think you're in a, in a really good place. Um, you, uh, you can go on a tear with this gun for seven seconds and then swap back to something else. Um, subsistence, I think, is super solid on this weapon. Pairs really well with Swashbuckler in the next column if you want to take this into PvE for a, uh, a stasis burn. Then that's a very nice combination. Also pairs really well with Demolitionist for building up your grenade energy really fast in PvE. Uh, pulse monitor. Well, uh, the exact time when you want to swap to a sidearm is when you've been badly wounded and someone is very close to you. And this is a great weapon for bunny hopping and bursting someone down while they frantically try to get that last shot on you. Um, I have walked away from a number of gunfights with this weapon that I should not have um, because they couldn't get that last shot on me and I was just sitting there hip-firing while I jumped in circles. Um, Pulse Monitor just makes that that much easier. Uh, Killing Wind. I mean, this is a sidearm. It's it's a great perk um, for getting extra range, closing the distance that much faster after a kill. Uh, I think it pairs pretty well with, uh, with Swashbuckler, if you can uh, maybe get a couple of stacks on there. Um, obviously, also great with uh something i mean harmony i think everything is great with harmony because you can swap to it after getting a kill go get a kill with peace bond really easily now killing wind is active you've still got a few seconds you can run somebody else down and get another one um so again they, they aren't perfectly synergistic but it's like yeah okay i want that that's a good perk i'm happy with that rangefinder we talked about under pressure just makes the gun feel better while you use it. I mean, it's it's you're never really going to know that it's working because the gun will always feel perfect. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm absolutely in love with the perk set. Um, and I think the only perks I didn't mention in the second column were Snapshot Sights, which is easily the... The weakest choice there. I say even weaker than Surrounded because Surrounded is at least really good in PvE. Makes this gun a monster for ad clear. Uh, and Headstone, which I also desperately want a copy of this gun with because Headstone is also a monster in PvE and just hilarious in PvP. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. I don't, I, basically, I love every perk on this gun. Well, as I say, what can't be overlooked is for the PvE players out there who we all too often ignore, uh, there are some really great PvE roles on this. Like you mentioned with Subsistence and Swashbuckler and Surrounded and Subsistence and, and every perk. 
Yeah, I mean, but legitimately, like, Subsistence Swashbuckler is a very good... It's super good. Very, very good combo for PvE ad clear. I'm not entirely sure how effective it really is at, at high-level content where the ads are a little spongier. Uh, but, you know, if you're doing Gambit or if you're just doing standard Nightfalls, I think it's a really fantastic option for you. So, honestly, Peace Bond, even if you're not a PvP player and you don't want the Harmony, you know, Rangefinder stability role uh, that we talked about... I mean, still get in there because this is probably one of the better legendary sidearms, if not the best legendary sidearm for PVE. Yeah, it's a it's a super, super strong choice right now, um, just across the board. And it's stasis damage, which there's not a whole lot of. Um, so I think uh, I think that makes it a must have for everyone. Um, there's <laughs> there's something for everyone to love on this gun and your odds of getting something that you're at least happy with are basically a hundred percent. All right, cool. Well, I actually think that's it for the iron banner weapons. Uh, I hope that we were able to, uh, you know, at least give you something to look forward to, uh, some, some reason to go out and grind iron banner. Uh, seems to be a pretty well, well populated playlist. I know that, uh, the Twitterverse is bitching about lobby balancing as they always do, which is to be expected. Uh, but, I uh, I had a great time yesterday. I had a 57 defeat game, uh, which is, I think, the most I've ever had an Iron Banner. Um, and I was using the DGEN playstyle that I was talking about earlier. But the only place that I've talked about that playstyle is actually in the Patrons Lounge in Discord. So I think I'm going to have to keep it keep it close to the chest a little bit for right now, just because I, I really don't want it getting out. It's about the most fun I've had playing Destiny ever. And uh, anyone who knows me probably knows what it is because I've talked about it offhand before, but I've never really, uh, I've never really specced into it as hard as we did this Iron Banner, and uh, it made a huge difference. And it's absolutely the most degenerate thing I've ever done. So. so the the funny thing about it is I've actually I've actually just for kicks, like as a as like a blueberry to other people, I've been the other end of that degenerate playstyle, and it's really funny. Um. Because I, I'll go and I'll play a match and I will I will like not contribute. But secretly, secretly, I am actually contributing secretly the most. You're contributing an immense amount, but it doesn't. Yeah, I know. Anybody, you know, take a guess. Hit me up on Twitter with what you think it is. I'm sure that you guys know what it is. I've mentioned it before, <laughs> but I've never really built into it this hard. Uh, but it's, uh, it's not too hard to figure out. But yeah, uh, it's yeah, the, the patrons get the sneak peek. Highly degenerate uh, and if if it were common, it would be incredibly toxic. Honestly, like it, we're gonna have to see next time trials is back because I was playing it Monday in trials, and it we we got flawless like surprisingly easily to the point where I was like, oh hmm, like okay, I'm kind of surprised that we went flawless doing that. And now I want to like try it against people who are actually better. I mean, there's there's two pretty hard counters to it. Um, and the one team that beat us on the path to Flawless, thankfully I had a Mercy card this time, uh, realized what we were doing after we took the first two rounds. And entirely all three of the people on the team changed their weapons. And uh, they wrecked us pretty hard after that because we, you know, I wasn't obviously going to change. Like we weren't going to change out of our strategy. So we just kept trying to do it. It was like slamming it. So there's a pretty hard counter to it. I'll give them that. Yeah. Um, but again, non-flawless, but like, holy crap. Some of the people just, 
it was it was crazy. It was really crazy. So I look forward to playing in some good actual flawless teams with it and seeing how effective it is. Um, because that will determine <laughs> if it actually becomes a degenerate strategy, right? Like if it's effective against good players, then that might be a problem. Because I think it is way more frustrating than like stag arc soul lock, which I think is probably most people's most frustrating playstyle to play against right now. Also also pretty pretty degenerate. Um but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, of course. How can you not? I mean, Arc Soul is finally good for the first time. And to be fair, like I don't use Stag when I use my Arc Soul. Right? Like, I use Getaway Artist, which you don't really need because Arc Soul is good enough on time now. But I use Getaway Artist and I use uh, No Time to Explain because yeah. I can't. You know, I'm sure you guys saw my tweet about what I don't use in, in PvP. <laughs> Radar, recovery, any speeds faster than a brisk walk, and uh, any exotics that are actually useful uh this is the way um all right well that's another episode of destiny massive breakdowns i've got nothing else we've got rebels season two there we go that'll be if if everything goes well that'll be out monday morning uh so look for another episode of beneath twin suns i know it feels like we've given you two of them back to back but just because we took last week off so yep very excited to talk about that that show heats up a bit in season two and it's a uh, lot in season two. <laughs> season two is a darn good season. It's trying to undersell really it, strong. but, uh, yeah. uh, but yeah, no, it does oversell, oversell the heck out of it, man. <laughs> let's get everybody watching rebels. It's uh it's ex- for what I thought was a kid's show for far longer than I've thought the opposite. It's a, uh, it's a real good kid's show for uh, How'd you feel about the, uh, how'd you feel about the helicopter lightsabers? I, I know that there's a, a portion of the star Wars fandom that is very angry about helicopter lightsabers. So lightsaber helicopters. Honestly, I uh, I feel like George Lucas would have done it in the original movie if he'd had the technology. So yeah, that's that's where I am on it. Um, I mean, yeah, it was like I, I suspend my belief so much during Star Wars, anyways, that like it didn't break my suspension of you know b- disbelief or whatever it is. Like it didn't break that for me. I was just like, yeah, that seems like something that would happen in Star Wars. Like it wasn't really. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, there's like a very, there's a vocal portion of the Star Wars fan base. It's like, it's the dumbest shit ever. I can't ever watch Rebels because of it's, it. I mean, it's a little dumb, but you know what it is? It's a degenerate playstyle for Star Wars. <laughs> it is. It absolutely is. Uh, yeah. So, so we've got that to look forward to. Very excited about that. Thank you, uh, again to the patrons and the sponsors. Um, the, uh, Beneath Twin Suns podcast is a direct result of their support. So leave you with that thought. Absolutely. And uh, we'll see you guys. Yeah, we'll see you guys on Monday. Bye. Peace.